On today's episode of the Senior Quote Sports Podcast, we talk the latest action in the NBA bubble, moves being made in the NFL preseason, and some baseball talk as we pass the trade deadline. Let's get into it. Another episode of the Senior Quote Sports Podcast brought to you by Big Picture Sports Group. I'm your host, Aiden Broderick, joined as always by my co-host, Jack Coleman. And we're talking to you live from Foster Street at Boston College. We've moved in to our off-campus house and we're bringing you an episode, a normal episode, just quotes today. want to talk about some sports for the first time in a while. We've had a lot of awesome guests to interview these past couple episodes, these past couple months in the summer. But now that we're here and now that sports are back in full force, we have a lot to talk about. So, Jack, how are you doing, first of all? I'm good. We're watching live sports again on TV. Literally live now, we are watching the Utah Jazz play the Denver Nuggets in a Game 7. Who thought we'd ever be here? Seriously. So, you know, it's incredible to be back and have sports. We did talk to some really awesome guests over the summer. But it's also great to be back on campus. And, you know, as of right now, with COVID going on, I think this is basically going to be our setup at the house. Yeah. Uh, live episodes and stuff are something that's a little tougher with everything going on. So, you know, keep checking the Apple Podcast, the SoundCloud, um, and we'll send links and tweet them out all the time. And uh, we'll give you a little more information at the end of the episode about Apple Podcasts and the deal with that. But we're rearing to go, we're ready to go, and we have... A normal episode and quotes ready for all you guys at home. So exactly. let's get into it. Yeah, today. but uh, definitely stay tuned to the Twitter. Um, like Jack said, we don't know what live episodes, you know, what the deal with that is. But once that changes, we'll be tweeting the link out to that so you can tune in. You can ask us questions, you know, tweet at us. We might even, you know, set that up for next episode as well. Ask you guys for questions. We can add a new segment, talk about those and answer, you know, anything you're wondering about the different sports going on. Like Jack said, we have... September playoff basketball. We have September playoff hockey. I'm wearing my Islanders shirt right now. They're in a game five. They can go to the conference finals if they beat the Flyers tonight. And last time I checked, they were winning. So I'll check again just to make sure. But, you know, this is crazy. It's a really fun time. And because of that, along with the fact that the NFL is coming back, the MLB's midway through the season, we literally can talk about anything. I mean, so many different possibilities and so many different sports. The U.S. Open of tennis started today. So... Really exciting. Let me start with my one NBA quote, because I know you have a couple. We'll you know, go into yours there. Um, I'm bringing two football quotes as well, and you have an MLB. So we have a, a great, great range of topics today. So let's start with my NBA quote. As a competitor and DPOI, that's your job to take that assignment. I know Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley, Kawhi would have been like, F-O-H, I'm guarding him. Okay, this is about Giannis not covering Jimmy Butler. That is correct. And then I'm, I know it's one of the people on Twitter who, who tweeted out about Giannis. Um, I'm going to maybe say Richard Jefferson here. It's a good guess. No, um, that's not it. There was one other correct. person too, though. Uh, See if you can get it. Current player? or It's actually a current player. I just don't know if he's on a team currently, but he's a current player. Man, I knew I the Richard Jefferson one was the one I'd seen a ton. That's right. Well, the uh, funny thing is, I saw I did a little research before I picked this as my quote. Mm-hmm. You did like this tweet. 
You hate to see that. And the correct answer is Isaiah Thomas. Oh, right. That was the other one. And I couldn't think of who it was, but yes, Isaiah Thomas also said something about him. So, speaking of the NBA playoffs happening right now, Game 1 of the Bucks Heat Series, and Jimmy Butler decided to turn it on, become Jimmy Buckets in that fourth quarter down the stretch, and hit some clutch threes. And people noticed that the Defensive Player of the Year for this year, Giannis, who was already named, which again... It's a regular season award, but you don't name those awards until after the playoffs because that's what draws this criticism. Exactly, too. yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, and, well, I'll get into, you know, why I feel... I'll defend Giannis a little bit later. But what I will say now is it's crazy that down the stretch, he was not the guy guarding Jimmy with how hot he was getting, especially on that dagger three that, you know, just ended the game. It was probably up... Heat up eight or something at that point, which no one expected against the one-seeded Bucks who... You know, looked dominant in the regular season. In the bubble, it's been a little bit different. Um, but Giannis didn't really show up. He was very close to a triple-double, but only about 20 points if even last night. And I've kind of realized that his play style as a whole is not what you really want as your number one on a playoff team. You need somebody who can hit those clutch shots, especially from deep, and that's not his game. Well, that's the thing is it doesn't need to be his game. I mean, all around him are shooters, and they have a decent shooting squad, and it's basically the ideal team... Uh, for a guy kind of like Giannis, more like a Ben Simmons too, where if the Sixers had great shooters around Ben Simmons and maybe moved on from Embiid, that team could work still. So with Giannis and, and his defensive player of the year, though, I have an issue with him not taking Jimmy Butler, as you kind of were hinting at as well. I mean, if you are defensive player of the year, you need to be able to match up against all of the, to me, I think all of the different play styles in the NBA nowadays because there's so many differences. You have yeah. unstoppable guards like Steph Curry and as we're seeing in the playoffs now like a Jamal Murray. You also have big athletic bodies like your LeBron James. Uh, you have talented scorers yet also um, playing on the defensive minded edge like Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. So there's all these different play styles and there's even center shooting threes now. Yeah. So I think to be defensive player of the year in the modern NBA you need to be able to guard every single one of those play types or at least four of those play types extremely well. And I'm not seeing that in Giannis right now. I saw it in AD with the Lakers Mm. in the bubble. Um, And that's just another reason why we need these awards to come out after the playoffs or at least before the finals. Right. You know, like, I don't understand how we can have such important games, impactful games, Especially in a time when a lot of players, you know, rest up right before the playoffs. This wasn't necessarily the case this year. Mm. Um, and, and it's stupid to, to do it any other way. Um, what I will say, this is, you know, what I was hinting at about defending Giannis. Um, the reason he shouldn't be on Jimmy Butler for the first three quarters is because his play style is to shut you down in the paint. He wants to play what I realize. He's not the center. He's not matching up with the big man. He's matching up with the worst perimeter shooter on the other team so that he can sag off him, come into the paint where he needs to help, and stop you from putting up a layup, putting up a dunk. And that's smart. It's a good play style. I like the idea. Um, I'm blanking on uh, the coach's name. I'll get that in a second. But he's been awesome. Yeah, exactly. Mike Mike Budenholzer. Um, I, I mean, it's smart. But... The fact that Giannis didn't, I'm not going to say he doesn't have the personality, but he didn't show it, you know, in last night's game to step up and say, 
I'm shutting down Jimmy Butler. You could easily pick out who was the X Factor last night. And usually Jimmy Butler isn't the best shooter on that team. You have Tyler Hero, you have Duncan Robinson, you have Bam Adebayo who can hit a shot once in a while, you have Kendrick Nunn who was cold last night, but he can do it too. Butler, you're expecting to hit that mid-range, but when he turns it on, when he plays in the clutch, and we've seen it before, we've seen it with Philly, I've seen him end a playoff game against the Nets with a bank three. You know, it, it, he can do that, and he did it again. And Giannis was on the other side of the court. You know, he was defending their worst perimeter shooter at the time. It might have been Olenek. I don't really know who it was, but that's where he was sticking. You have to adapt, especially as the star, especially as a former MVP who, yes, he is so valuable to that team. He's the reason the Bucks the one seed, but he's also the reason the Bucks are down one nothing, in my opinion, in this series. I, I'm not even going to get ahead of ourselves yeah. even now in describing the Bucks being down one nothing because it happened last time with the Magic 2, and then they went on a tear. Well, yeah, yeah. I think this is a different situation, though. Definitely. I think Jimmy Buckets is legit. He loves his situation in Miami. We haven't really seen Jimmy Butler happy or content with a team. You know, the Bulls were, you know, he had his rise to fame a little bit there. It fell through. We had the Sixers, and that didn't work out. You know, I, I think that the Heat here are a tough matchup against the Bucks, especially when Giannis isn't playing their best guy. Yep. And it may be coaching, sure. But to not match up against the guy going off and doing that same defensive scheme every game now, mm. if you're picking up on it, if I'm picking up on it, any other team, any other person who is paid to do that for their job is picking up on yeah. it. And it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Hey, yeah, I mean, I, you stick with what got you there. You know, like, I, that's where I'll agree. But you also have to show you can adapt when these games mean so much more. You know, regular season, everyone just, you know, they're trying to get their win, but they're not going too hard. You, you'll see games down the stretch that feel like playoff vibes, but that's just because of how close the games have been. And that's not how the Bucks really play. You know, you're kind of resting Giannis a little bit, making sure he has the energy to get into the playoffs. And now that he's here, again, I just don't feel like he's the type of player that on offense can really take over a game because you know what he's going to do. He's going to drive. We've seen him try to develop a three, but that's not what you want down the stretch because that's not reliable enough yet. Even in the mid-range, I don't want that. If it's the ball's in Giannis's hands, you're expecting him to drive in. He's either going to try to kick out to Middleton, who's played a little bit better. He was struggling early against the Magic, but you easily pick out that he's their best shooter. Brooke Lopez was on a tear last night. I think he went like six for seven from Mm -hmm. three or something crazy, but as much as I love Brooke Lopez as a former net, he's not going to do that every night. You need Giannis to step up, and in my opinion, especially in this era of the NBA, one that he's dominated in the regular season, I don't think he gets it done down the stretch in the playoffs. And adding the fact that his defense, which has been so valuable to the Bucks in how he plays that role, didn't do anything against the Heat because they're not trying to get down low. Bam Adebayo is stretching you out, whether in the mid-range or from three. He's not trying to get into the paint every single time, and even if he is, he's good enough that he can get past Giannis on some plays. Giannis is more concerned with Kelly Olynyk and other guys who are also stretching the floor. I, I just think well, he it, doesn't match up well on this team, and he showed that last night. The other thing is, if it's him, if it's the coaching, whoever's telling him to play on the weak shooter and, and kind of you know be stretched out on the floor... I don't think is necessarily a good move in today's NBA mm-hmm. because every team can shoot nowadays. Yeah. And you, we're seeing a lot more small ball. Like, thank God they aren't playing like a Thunder or a Rockets team right now because they'd be getting blown out <laughs> with that type of play call. Yeah. So whoever's telling him to do that, you're crazy. Even if guys are getting dunks on you, um, or, or at least Giannis can maybe be stopping them, of course, like how he normally does, um, people are going to make threes in this game. Mm-hmm. 
the shooters are going to shoot nowadays, and we've been seeing that in the entirety of the bubble. So that needs to go. And the other problem I had with him was his response to the media. Right, right. So, the, so I don't know if you guys listening had seen it, but a reporter asked Giannis, you know, why didn't you switch? Basically what we're talking about. Why didn't you switch to Jimmy Butler? Um, and he was like, why would you ask that? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Giannis, but you were defensive player of the year. This guy has 40 points on you for in the first game of a playoff series, and you don't switch them? you got to be kidding me. Get out of here. Anthony Davis was probably shaking in his bed last night hearing that. So screw that. Screw Giannis. <laughs> I'm not even a fan of Giannis anymore. He's not a guy that I've I've gone back and forth on because yeah. I thought his play style as the Bucks were getting good was something that was kind of cool. Yeah. But early on, I thought the cockiness was way too much, and I think it's there again without him really having proven mm. anything yet. I think a guy like Kawhi is someone who I'd much rather have be the star central point of my team nowadays. Well, I mean, he's the reigning MVP, but I'm actually going to agree with you where you said he hasn't proved anything because, again, he's the reigning MVP, but that's a regular season award, Mm -hmm. and he really hasn't showed in the playoffs that it can really translate from the regular season to the playoffs. I like Giannis, and I, I actually am still sticking with him, but the fact that how he did respond to the media, I did not like. It rubbed me the wrong way. I... It was a bad, not a bad question, but I, I get why he was thrown off by the question, right? And he could have responded better. I, I think, you know, just answered it truthfully, maybe. He could have said, I was trying to cover the paint just in case they tried to drive. Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler wants to drive a lot. He would be there for that help. If that was his answer, I would have said, okay, at least there was a reason. You know, he so, should have changed his mind. He should have maybe taken the initiative and said, let me get Jimmy. But... I, that would have been better. Well, the more I think about it and the more we talk it out, I think that it's a coaching problem. Hmm. I 100% think that that's on the coaching staff to not change that up, um, to make it seem like when Giannis is answering questions to the media that it's some big secret of what he's doing. Maybe. You know, like in any other situation, I feel like a guy would have said what he was trying to do. He didn't. So I don't know what they're trying to pull there. I think if they're out in this round, Mike Boonholzer's on the hot seat, and he may be out of town. Wow. Um, it's, I don't even think that's a hot take. I, I just can't see it right now with the talent around Giannis and Giannis being Defensive Player of the Year right now. Come on, man. you got to go farther than the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, maybe it's similar to Dwayne Casey, uh, who was fired by the Raptors after winning Coach of the Year. That's and then, who I was exactly Yeah, and then Nick about. Nurse came in and won it the next year. The thing is, I like Budenholzer. I think, uh, uh, obviously, Giannis, l- like we said a ton of times, he gets wins in the regular season. Um, and having him, any coach could get wins in the regular season with him. But I'm going to say Budenholzer has been huge for a number of players. You know, getting Brook Lopez, his career revitalized by stretching him out to the five and teaching him how to shoot. Sure, that might have not just been him. You know, he has a lot of assistance. Brook could have been doing it on his own. But one of many players that has really fit the Bucks system and played well under him. But as for, you know, the best coach for Giannis, I, I don't know if it's him because there's a lot. Anyone can have success, like I said. So you really can't base it off of his regular season numbers. If you look at playoff success, it's not there. And I haven't seen enough of an initiative from Giannis to be able to get a player-friendly coach, the likes of someone that LeBron would bring in yeah. for one of his teams where it, the offense is kind of just... Uh, fixed around LeBron being the star. Yeah. I, I haven't seen that yet out of Giannis. I don't think so, it's what it should be, though. 
And, you know? and I don't necessarily think so either. So yeah. I don't know what exactly would be a perfect coaching fit for him. Right. Um, maybe like a more old school guy, a hard nosed guy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like a Tom Thibodeau. Oh. But <laughs> no, I mean outside of that, like even like a Doc Rivers, like I think those guys may work well with his type. Uh, but for now, I, I just I don't know. I after one game, I really can't say for sure. We'll see how this series turns out. But you know, I'm not I'm not seeing that. Giannis, I'm not seeing the initiative or drive of a championship caliber player. Call me crazy, because I'm a Nets fan who wants Greg Popovich to make the craziest decision ever and leave the Spurs for the Nets. But Giannis with Greg Popovich? I I thought about that, but I'm also I don't think I'm necessarily a fan of that. I think. But pop to the Bucks, not not Giannis going anywhere else. But pop to the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. I it's more so that. I think Popovich works extremely well with guys who aren't necessarily the biggest freak athletes and just hounds the guys who are yeah. crazy good fundamentally. Yeah. Giannis happens to be good fundamentally because he's such a fantastic athlete. So I don't necessarily know if that works. I mean, look at the guys that he had one with. Even Kawhi, you can argue, is just the premier athletic form of fundamentals. Yeah. So... I don't necessarily like that. I, I think the first name that did come to my mind, though, was Doc Rivers. I, I think that that may work out pretty well for Giannis. So right now, this is our little live update, You know, kind of similar to what PMT does sometimes. Um, like we said, we're watching the Denver Nuggets-Utah Jazz game, and Donovan Mitchell has three fouls halfway through the second quarter and just went to the locker room with maybe an injury? Like, he didn't say he was going there for anyone He's leaving else. this team 100%. He's going to come to the Knicks, and it'll be fine. <laughs> he can complain when they lose in the first round of the playoffs, too. It's, <laughs> it's all going to come full circle. Well, circle of life, circle of Knicks. He, I don't know if you have a Jazz quote. I do not. Or, or a quote about this series. But do you think... I feel like it's been all Donovan Mitchell, and he's gotten them to a Game 7, where I think the Nuggets are clearly the better team on paper. Great job by Quinn Snyder, the coach of the Jazz, but now they're down 20. So What, what I, do you think of the whole situation? So I actually think that the Jazz are the better team on paper. Interesting. Uh, I don't know. I, I think the Nuggets, we have an unproven name in Michael Porter Jr. I think he's a guy who can become something great and maybe even a rising star. Um, he's basically everything that Kevin Knox wishes he was right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I think that Donovan Mitchell is the better point guard. I think Jamal Murray is yeah, having an incredible sure. uh, time in the bubble, but we don't know. We don't know the consistency there. I think he's been That's getting better. He's put up multiple fifty-point games. I still am not confident. And Rudy Gobert in his prime, I think he's right up there with Jokic. So I think on paper that the Jazz kind of balance it out. Um, I, the Jazz have Conley too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm big time Con, big time fan of Conley. He's more of a veteran presence. And he's also a, a recognizable name. So I think on paper, the Jazz actually come out on top. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know because Jokic, I think, is another level. Because Gobert's like a, another shutdown defense player of the year candidate guy. Let's call Murray and Mitchell equal. We'll give Mitchell one step up. I think Mitchell's better. Well, based on this series, it's and that's pretty fair. damn Like, equal. that's fair. Um, but I think in general, if we're talking on paper, sure. I think it's All right, fine. Better. On paper, we'll give Mitchell the edge. But I'm giving Jokic a bigger edge to go back. And then I think in the supporting cast, Porter might be the most talented player otherwise. And we've also seen great performances out of guys like Monte Morris, or more importantly, I'd say Jeremy Grant, who's hit some clutch mm. shots on the wing. I, I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like the Nuggets... Another thing that I haven't I wish been, Bull Bull played more, but that's a little Well, the other thing but. that I haven't been uh, fond of with the Jazz 
is I don't really like Joe Ingles bringing up the ball that much. And I yeah. feel like he does a lot. Yeah. I'd rather him just kind of sit spot well, they want Mitchell shoot. to be a two. You know, like he's small enough to be the point, but they always want him to be the two And guard. I think he should be the, the point. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say my first quote. Okay. Uh, because we've kind of already talked about it a little uh, okay. bit. So let's just do this one. I told my teammates I probably wasn't going to pass the ball. I made a couple shots, and they said, that's fine with me. I mean, it's, it has to be Jimmy Butler. Okay. Right? Yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes. That, that's why I'm saying it now, because we already right. kind of went through the entire thing. Yeah. So. Well, we can talk about the Heat side. I mean, the, the Heat side of it, to me, is it's still too early, and I think the Bucks are no doubt the one seed there still. Right, right, right. And everything we talked about the Bucks, we can just counter that by saying... You know the Heat. If they do these things against the Bucks, they'll succeed. So yeah, I'm not too worried about them. Uh, I I think that Jimmy is a perfect fit. I'm a little worried on if he were to get cold the way that the other surrounding players on the Heat have been playing. Um, I don't know if that's a guaranteed lock for the next round. But as of right now, Jimmy's hot. I love it. I think he's a fun player to watch. Um, and I honestly am rooting for the Heat in this series. Look, the best coaches in the league know how to adapt, and I think Mike Budenholzer is up there with the best of them, but I think Eric Spolster is just as high oh, up there. Yeah. And he knows how to deal with star talent. Yeah, and the reason I preface with that is maybe this is a hot take. Heat in six. That's my prediction for this series. Okay. I think they have shown that they have the talent to take on the Bucks. Multiple pieces, multiple factors, guys who can just come in and take over the game. Not just Jimmy. I know Jimmy has that star power, but Bam had some crazy plays last night. Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, who I've mentioned earlier, they both shoot the lights out, and those are the complimentary pieces you want for a player like Butler. And if Giannis plays like this, sure, he'll have a game. I'm going to say, maybe hotter take, Giannis has at least one 35-plus point game, maybe even 40-plus. I'm thinking 40-plus. I, I can see him get one. I've been saying that I don't like his offensive style for playoff games, but he still is just that good that he can take over a game. I just don't think he's consistent enough across the entire series, and I actually trust the Heat more, especially based on Game 1. So Heat and 6 is my prediction. So I actually think, and this this is my hot take on the day, mm. is, well, two of them actually, okay. because we've already mentioned this other one, and I kind of already hinted at it. Okay. I think if Donovan Mitchell leaves uh, the bubble here mm-hmm. out of this series, or after tonight, he's out. I think he's out. Oh. 110% I think he's out. And I still think there's issues there with Gobert. Yeah, I and there see should it. be. I see it on the court. And there should be. Outside of that, the hotter take okay. is I think that we are slowly and slowly getting more and more closer to Giannis leaving the Bucks. I mean, if they get knocked out by the Heat. And whoa. I don't even think whoa. the Heat. Like, I think that... Anyone? You think like if they get knocked out of the playoffs at all? Even the finals? If they make it to the finals. Maybe not the finals. All right. But the next Eastern two rounds, if they get out... And then next year, so what? He would be a free agent next summer? Yeah, it's 2021. So, exactly. Yeah. So after next season, too, if they don't win a championship by okay. next season, okay. I think he's definitely out. I think you need to build up more stars around him. And I think he forms not necessarily a super team, but maybe we can see him pair with another star. So okay. kind of like a Kawhi Paul George situation. It's funny because to me, with what the Bucks have, They've done everything right. Like, Eric Bledsoe is a solid, I'll say third tier. Oh, I, I Maybe even low second tier point guard. Like, you could run through that lineup. Chris Middleton has been awesome. I you know. know? And, and I, again, agree. I said that early in the episode that this is the ideal team you'd want for the 76ers. 
So, you know, I do like it. But if it's not working, and the way the league is going right now, where there's pretty much two stars per team, or it's just a well-balanced team all around, I I think that Giannis needs to go with the two-star system. So this is going to be the craziest take of all, maybe. But I've seen hints of it, mostly from the fan base that I'm about to mention on Twitter. And obviously that you know that doesn't mean anything. We mm. both know that as fans of mm. teams that love to talk on Twitter. Mm. Um, if Giannis loses to the Heat, not this year, does he pull a KD and go to Miami? Because that's the team that has the cap space and has the team you want him at. Because just imagine, I think I was talking with Nick Jones about this, or one of our housemates, the fact that he could just drive in and kick to Duncan Robinson and kick to Tyler Hero and kick to these incredible shooters that the Bucks don't really have past Chris Middleton. Like, again, they've Brooke Lopez, but that's different. He could just do that. He could drive himself. And, oh, yeah, Jimmy Butler's on the team. And, oh, yeah, Bam Adebayo, who, was he an all-star? He was very close to it, if not, is also on that team. That is insane. If they can afford him, that's incredible. I, I would say I, that's their best I mean, fit for I don't him. know in what scenario ever you're picking Milwaukee over Miami. Exactly. So, like... Exactly. I think I think that's a shoe, and that's a nice spot, too. And uh, the coach, play. Coach Spolstra, who we just talked about, you even said he handles star talent so well. He's handled LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Bosh all together. He clearly works with Jimmy Butler, who has been not cancerous, but hasn't found his fit yet. I think he has now. Giannis, that literally, I do it's like perfect. the way that the Heat organization have built their team too. I, I think you get they know what they're getting with Dragic too. I, I think he's a great guard. Um, the way that they got rid of Hassan Whiteside when they did, I think that was phenomenal. I, I think everything is looking up for Miami and the Heat, and they're going to get back to those glorious days of the 2012 2013 vibe. Mm. Uh, 2012, probably more like, yeah. Um, and if Giannis can join in on that too and join Jimmy Butler, you know, that's a crazy good team. No, exactly. So I could definitely see that. So Bam is an all-star. I checked it. Fact checked. It's it's true. And he also finished second in the most improved voting, which was today. Okay. Brandon Ingram won it, which is well-deserved, but I would have even argued for Bam. But there you go. I mean, they have two all-stars already. Giannis becomes the third. And then you have other guys who play their role as good as anyone. I think that... I think Giannis goes to the Heat. They are my favorite to win the championship. Like, this is in 2021, 22 even, where LeBron's be even older. LeBron might be retired. We don't even know what the Clippers will look like two years down the stretch, which is crazy to say, but I think both of them have opt-outs. You know, like, uh, both Kawhi and Paul George I'm referring to there. But that's the thing with the NBA is everything changes so quickly. KD has an opt-out before that 2022 season. So, you know, there you go. But anyway, um, I would probably pick him or pick that team as my favorite two years down the stretch, and I think that's where you should go. Uh, live update again. We have my guy Jamal Murray on the ground with a no, that, potential that, that, bad injury. That actually looked intentional. That was from Grayson Allen. Uh, of course. Oh, well, Grayson Allen's on that team, but he's not on the It looked court. like it, though. I, he looks hurt, though. Yeah, this is no good. All right, so I can actually do my second one. Yeah. Because it's still NBA, um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll catch you up. Uh, okay, so... so we already kind of talked about this as well, but I want to go a little more in-depth on it. So, here's the quote. Just know there's a lot of emotion, and I try to play with that, as you can see. I use that to will myself to be great and to be better. I have to take some time to myself, a moment to myself, to regroup before I go into the locker room. Hmm. Well, if we've... T- oh. Okay. We've talked about it a bit. 
But it can't it can't be the Bucks Heat because that's more than no. a bit, and he already had a quote about it. Yes. You know, I'll, only other series we've really touched on is this one we're watching, which is Nuggets, uh, Jazz, and I would assume it's one of the two big players between Murray and Mitchell. I just you know what we've seen a lot of emotion from Mitchell and Gobert slamming those chairs on the sidelines, and I'm gonna guess this would be more so a Mitchell quote than Gobert. So I'll go down to the Mitchell. So I like that response, but it's actually Jamal Murray. Interesting. He had a very emotional response the other night after he dropped. Oh. Uh, I think he had a 50-point night the other so night. So his post-game interview. So his post-game interview yeah. where he touched on a lot of the Black Lives Matter movement things, um, and that was incredible in its own right. It was. And before he went to the locker room, actually, he just broke down in the tunnel and oh, wow. after he gave that speech and just like sobbed on the floor for a little bit. Uh, it was, you know, moment of weakness. You can cry in the shower. No one knows it's it's real tears. Uh, but Jamal Murray, that's moving, absolute man. baller. Yeah. No, it was incredible. He's averaging thirty four points in the series before tonight. Yep. He had a fifty point game, forty two point fifty point game, shooting fifty seven percent on threes, and he's plus twenty one in two hundred twenty five minutes on the floor, and the team itself is minus forty seven. In the 68 minutes, he's rested. Wow. Insane. Wow. Um, and the main thing and the main reason why I bring him up is this idea of his fearlessness. Yeah. I think he's a guy who has been taking these shots for years now. Right. Where he's just been so fearless in every shot he takes that it was only really surprising him when he was missing them. But now we're surprised that he's making all of them. And he is the same deadpan look the entire time. Now. Yeah. And he knows that this is how good he can be. So he's been balling out. He is maybe one of the best guards in the bubble. I, I still think in that the bubble, yes. Devin Booker was also the best. insane. Yeah. But Jamal Murray in the playoffs right now, especially if he can get the Nuggets to the next round tonight, yeah. he's going to be huge. But I bring up the idea of fearlessness because another guy that we haven't had a chance to talk about was the incredible Luka Doncic in yeah. his first real playoff run. Um he was absolutely incredible. You had Kristaps go down, which no surprise there. Um, Kristaps, <laughs> they will never talk now about how the Knicks maybe made a good mood, move with Kristaps getting re-injured again. <laughs> um, but even beyond that, Luka was incredible. I tweet about it too. I was like, I don't know where I've seen this type of basketball before. It's almost like Kobe, but not, but also yeah. AI, but yeah. not. It's like a mix of like being a thug type vibe player, like an AI, with the fearlessness mamba mentality of Kobe Bryant. And we're seeing it from a guy who I read some other stuff where they were saying that Luka Doncic is basically like the best white guy to play basketball <laughs> in a while that isn't like athletic. Or maybe just in general well, weirdly, the yeah, best yeah. like non athletic <laughs> basketball player. Yeah. Like, he really isn't when you think about it. I mean, and Larry Bird was another guy who, like, yes, Larry Bird was filthy. Larry could shoot. Larry could do all these very athletic things. But when you looked at him, he yeah. didn't necessarily look athletic. Yeah. I'm not saying that he isn't athletic. It's right, more right, like he just doesn't look it. And Luca's the same way. Luca looks like the guy that you would play <laughs> in, in pickup at an L.A. fitness. And you wouldn't think he'd be great, and then he'd sauce you. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, yeah. definitely. I, I hear what you're saying. I guess you're not including, like big white centers who like yes, would, no, no, like, no. like Jokic, you know what I mean? Who I don't even think Luca actually there are similar levels at this point after seeing what Luca could do. And honestly, I was a big fan of his already and he 
even more so now. Um, he just handled the adversity, first of all, of playing in the playoffs against such a good team as the LA Clippers, then losing your number two guy, you know, your, your right-hand man on that Mavericks team, and still going out there and stealing another game. I think they lost in six, right? So they won two games against the Clippers, the number two team in the West, with Kawhi and Paul George, and we're hyped up to be the only team that could stop the Lakers this year. You know, I still think they are. I, I agree, I still think but they might too. But who who would have thought? You know, the Mavericks at, at full strength looked like a team that could have knocked off the Clippers and kept going. So I was really impressed by that. Um, to quickly talk about Jamal Murray, uh, just to add your fearlessness and and put it to this. You know, we just saw Murray go down with an injury. He walks back out, hits his two free throws. And then says, you know what, I'm going to keep playing. And defends Donovan Mitchell. You know, that's really impressive. Um, it looks, though, like the Nuggets, I mean, only down or only through the first half. And Donovan Mitchell's back on the court as well. Uh, but I think it was Nuggets up 15. So we'll, we'll see what happens in that second half. Definitely still to watch it. Back to Luka, though. I think we have a future MVP on our hands and a future... NBA champion. I don't know if it's with the Mavericks. He does seem like a loyal player, similar to Dirk, who's going to spend his entire career in Dallas, which has been perfect, you know, for those European players. Kristaps as well. And I think that, I don't know if Kristaps stays, but, you know, that they both fit that European mold that that Dirk paved the way for in that, in that, in that city, for that team. And Luka, who almost won most improved players today as well, and, and said to take himself out of the finalists for Devontae Graham who he thought deserved it more than him. I mean, this guy is a class act, stand-up guy, when people like Marcus Morris are maybe, maybe not intentionally trying to injure him. Oh, which totally intentionally. Seemed as, pretty intentional as to as me. A, you know, uh, he was on the Knicks. I knew what he was yeah. about. And it he's was done it other times. Yes. He literally has. Definitely. And he pretends like he didn't really no, mean definitely. anything. He's just yeah. a grinder. Like, then, I, well, yeah. But then he wins the series, and he's like, oh, cry me a river after pretending like he didn't mean it. And that clearly showed. three. Yeah. Not happy with Marcus Morris, but I am super content, you know, in fact, proud of and impressed by how Luca handled it on his side. So really, um, I, I'm rooting for him. I'm not the biggest Mavs guy, but with Luca there, I really want to see him succeed. I don't know why I thought about this, um, but I think it was from you talking about the Mavs being a potential finals team someday and a champion someday. Um I think that at some point they will move on from Kristaps. Right. And I think Mark Cuban's a smart enough guy that he can get that done uh, before uh, his value goes down. Yeah. And I think it will. And mm-hmm. I think they can pair Luka with someone really solid and get it done. Like a, a two tandem. Uh, they might offense. even have the money now, especially since Luka's on a rookie contract and he has, I guess, two more years until he needs a new one because he was a rookie last year. Um, they have time to sign somebody. Not Giannis. <laughs> I really don't like that. But Who's to say that doesn't happen? Though? I, I guess. Do you like that thing? I mean, if they... Okay, so Tim Hardaway's taking up a lot of the cap right now, and he's their three. You get rid of him. You add a shooter at the three. Giannis is your four. Kristaps stretch five. And then a point guard who can also shoot as well. Unless you even want Luka at point. Another shooter at the two and the three. Probably minimum guys. And then you have Giannis, Kristaps... I like it. That sounds like a team I'd mess around with on 2K to see if it works. But, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, talent-wise, yes, that team would actually be unstoppable on paper. But like we're seeing right now with Bucks Heat, it takes more than that. I don't know if they match. Who's to say the Mavs don't trade up, too? 
in this draft. I hope they don't just because it's not the year for it, right? I mean, where are they picking? They're in, they're a playoff team. So unless they had someone else's pick, they're in like the 18 to 20 range maybe. I guess they could trade up and say, we want, who would they want? LaMelo? Wiseman? I, I don't really know. Wiseman would be crazy. Anthony Edwards would be like a... That's crazy too. Uh, yeah. He's just super athletic. But then they have to go all the way to the top, which like... Number one is the only pick that I can see being worth trading for, and even still, that's way well, too much value in a down year for draft classes. I think I was reading a Bleacher Report thing today that I actually kind of agreed with about the Knicks, and yeah. I kind of can see them trading up if they are sold on LaMelo, which oh, you know, I don't wait, know if they will be. We haven't talked about the <laughs> Well, obviously, everything leads back to the Knicks oh, on this 100%. show, which is fine with me. Like I said, I've, circle of life, circle yeah. of Knicks, Hakuna Matata. I have nothing to say about the Nets today, so that's fine with me. I actually already dro- uh, name-dropped them earlier, but I was going to say, we haven't done an episode yet since the draft lottery, so you have stuff to say about that, so not to cut off your point, but... Keep speaking about that, you know, because they're no, at seven. I mean, I, we had so much time in between and so much that went on with the Knicks yeah. that I'll keep it short and sweet. At first, I was a little iffy about Tom Thibodeau. Like, I don't know if it was necessarily the fit. I kind of was pulling for a guy like Kenny Atkinson. But now looking at we where we are in the draft, the moves we've been making, I think that a more classic hard-nosed coach like Tibbs is a good move. And... He's going to rally these guys, make them more gritty, more hardworking, and these are the what these young guys need to get to that next level. Right. And we need smart coaching too, and he has that. Yeah. He was able to bring those old school bulls, not old old school, but right, right. the old school bulls of D Rose days, um, you know, to a pretty good place. And I think that the Knicks can get to that place too. I think if you get a guy like Cole Anthony, who I've been kind of pushing for with where we're at, I think he's a sleeper in the draft. I think he's baby D-Rose. Borderline, okay, so the, the problem is he's anywhere in between like Dennis Smith Jr. currently and <laughs> D-Rose. So there's a lot of potential there that yeah. like, could go either way. But if he's more D-Rose, I think Tibbs is the perfect guy to work with. Exactly. Him. And he is our, our point guard going forward, and he helps out RJ a ton. So... I'm all in on that. I, I do like it. I think we made phenomenal front office moves this offseason. I've loved every single one of them. I think it's good. It's building up a culture for the future now. I think we're getting there. It's just Dolan is still in the way, and we're still getting kind of screwed in draft lotteries. It it wasn't even like I wasn't expecting a top three. Like I, I didn't fully think we were going to get a top three pick. But to go and drop down two is just such another yeah. slap in the face that yeah. I was like, Come on. Like, I was content with six, and if we got anything higher, I was going to be pretty happy. But, man, drop two. I had something to say. Oh, okay. I do remember what I was going to say. It was more of a question for you, actually. Mm. Cole Anthony, I completely agree. He has a high ceiling, especially for this draft class. And had he not gotten hurt in January, had we had a full season, too, a March Madness run, which who would have known if UNC makes? Uh, Again, we'll say it's an alternate universe where... I, I'm going to say they didn't make it. Well, year. but we'll say there's no COVID and there was no Cole Anthony injury. Wow. So Can Kobe be alive? Yeah, yeah I, sure. But, yeah. you know, well, and, and actually what? that would help because he was training with Cole Anthony at some point, okay. I think. Okay. But anyway, I, I, I'm saying Cole Anthony played the full season. UNC makes it not as the best team. They didn't have a strong team this year, but maybe as like a nine seed. Um, and Cole Anthony has a good March Madness. Maybe they make the Sweet 16. All this stuff. He'd be a top five guy, maybe even higher, honestly. And instead, I've seen him mocked near the Nets pick. Not to the Nets, but near that range at 18. It's crazy. 
So my question to you, would the Knicks consider trading down? Because obviously as a GM, I, I would love to be a GM one day, so I do think these things through. If you see a guy and you're like, Cole Anthony is my future point, my point guard of the future, franchise guy, you take him. It does, it, it's like the Michael Porter situation where he was supposed to be a top five player talent-wise. He was hurt. He came into the draft hurt. And the Nuggets got him at like 14th, which is crazy because he's here now making a big contribution in the playoffs. So obviously, I think the smartest thing to do from my perspective is you pick the guy you want at seven, probably Cole Anthony. But if you're reading the room, because these GMs... Eight, right, regardless, <laughs> you know, but reading the room and you probably know as a GM and from what I've heard, they know who the other guy teams are going to pick. You know, they're able to kind of base it around like, okay, who's going to be there at eight with like already knowing the seven guys that are gone. Do you say maybe we trade down four or five picks if someone really wants to? And we've seen trades like that in past years just to get an extra guy or maybe an extra pick that can make a difference. Well, or are you we also, not willing to risk that because well, we you want first round picks this year? And that's the later one. Where's that? I think it's around 25 ish. Okay. Maybe even. Yeah, I'm going to say 25. I think that that does sound right. Um, But my thing is, I don't necessarily think we're trading down. In that situation, situation, yes. Okay. I think we do. Okay. I actually think that we're either going to trade away the pick and go for more of like a star. Interesting. Um, which I'm a little iffy about who that star yeah. is. Like, if we're going all in trying to land a guy like, you know, Oladipo, no. But Donovan Mitchell, you know, maybe. Depends what else we have to give up, but maybe. Um, otherwise, I say draft who you want at that pick. I think this draft class actually ended up being a lot deeper than I thought, and it was more so the media spinning it because we didn't get – March Madness. We didn't get full seasons exactly, last year. Exactly. There's a lot of potential, especially some of these overseas guys that we're seeing every year now. Yeah. We have no idea how they're going to turn out and play. I think it's deep. I just don't think it has that top end talent. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, you can say like Anthony Edwards is the only one who's going to make an well, impact. Like, it's a like weird. R.J. Like, Hampton, who who who's yeah, falling now, yeah. who would be, I think, a great piece for the Nets to pick up if they yeah. can get and him. He's in that range. Exactly, yeah. and he's good. I think that. You know, the overseas thing kind of drops guys a couple picks. Yeah. I, I think LaMelo Ball is for sure number one to me. Um, but he's not going to go. Or but he, he might go not because go, yeah. I think some of that foreign ball gets affected. Right. So I guess you go with Anthony Edwards, who's the athlete, who's, you know, SEC guy. I, I don't know. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to pray on the Knicks. <laughs> we're going to hope we can manage this offseason. And we're going to hope that we don't do any stupid large deal contracts, yeah. long-term contracts, which I don't think we will. Um, and we're going to hope that we don't trade everything in the world for a current potential start, like Donovan Mitchell, really, yeah. and hope like hope it doesn't bust on us. That's fair enough. And I don't have much to add with the Nets. We'll, maybe we'll pick someone from overseas as a stash and just not pay their contract this year because we're tight against the budget right mm. now. We'll figure that out, though. We have a lot of time left until the draft comes up, and we'll, we'll be talking about it for sure. For now, though, I'm thinking, because we've done a lot of NBA talk. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this episode right now, you're probably thinking, you guys said there was a lot of sports going on, not yeah. just the NBA, you know, not just basketball, but there is a lot of basketball to talk about. But I've got two NFL quotes here, and I'm going to fire both of them off to right, you. Cool. We'll, we'll do maybe like a, a three, four-minute discussion about each. You know, I'll, I'll do the first. We'll talk about it quick. We'll go to the next. Um, let's start with this one. So, who's it about? I'll give it blank, actually, Mm -hmm. and then who said it. All right, that was big time. Blank. He knows how to do it. 
it was fun just to see him actually get out there and do it too. When is this like? What kind of time frame am I dealing with? I think this is from today. This is a very current thing. Um, um, I'll actually give it a slight hint. That was big time. Coach blank. He knows how to do it. Coach. It's a player talking about his coach in the NFL. Dude, I thought we were talking MLB, and I was so confused for a second. In the NFL. Oh, my God. I don't know why I thought that. I think I was thinking that my next quote is MLB, and it stuck in my head. Right. Okay. Uh, That is about Joe Judge, 110% going for the muddy football today. The culture is back in New York. Do you have a guess who said it? Let's go. Saquon, maybe? Mm. Logan Ryan? Oh, that was a good guess. Uh, Marcus Golden. So our sack leader from last year. So it was relevant enough, but he was a tough one. Yes, the culture... Well, you know what? No, I'm going to back up a little bit. According to Giants Twitter, and not really the Giants fans, but, you know, random reporters who really want to stir stuff up, um, Joe Judge is too hard on his players. He's not, he's rubbing the team the wrong way. He's already lost the locker room before he's played a game. Ridiculous. And then he goes out and does that as the players are chanting, Judge, 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 and they go crazy. They soak him with the hose, which I thought was hilarious. And, like, again, like, when a coach is strict like Tom Coughlin was you'll actually see like when he does act fun mm-hmm. the players are gonna kind of like push on him and like have fun with it's, it too it's the it's Roy like Williams uh, and yeah, entering yeah. the room where yeah, he gets hyped exactly. and everyone is like oh me and the boys are back yeah. this weekend or for me like Strahan always messing around with Tom Coughlin I, mm-hmm. I read a lot about that 07-08 season where Coughlin was so hard on his team but in 07 he decided he's gonna show a little bit of a lighter side as well he was still strict but he, you know, had fun with his team. And then Strahan said that changed the whole dynamic. And they went out and they won. And you have Strahan, I think, was the guy who poured the Gatorade on Tom Coffin. Yep. Like, I'd love to see that again. We don't have the talent right now for that. But like you said, the culture's changing with this Giants organization. This is clearly a different head coach than we had in Pat Shermer. And much different than Ben McAdoo. Oh, God. <laughs> don't even mention I know. Ben McAdoo. I, know. I thought that dude was done for. I thought I would never hear his name again. I, yeah, well, there oh it is. Oh, my there God. He might still be an offense coordinator somewhere. And you know what? That's God where he them. can... No, he can do that. No. He can't lead no. a team, though. We have Jason Garrett now, too, and well, I'm I love kind it. of a fan of I, him. I'm a huge Jason Garrett guy. Shout out Jason Garrett. Big Monmouth Beach uh, member. <laughs> so, uh, shout out him. But, um... I, I just think this is awesome. <laughs> like, so my this is just one real quick thought I had today was I feel the effects of the boat pick slowly wearing away with videos like this <laughs> coming out. Like it's like that was the ultimate demise of the culture. That and yeah. Odell, it, it ultimately failed into Odell getting into fights with the the net. That was like the ultimate end. Yeah. But this is slowly counteracting all of that. It, it, you're seeing it. You're seeing a team now. Yeah. I didn't see a Giants team squad with any distinctive qualities for the longest time. And this is it. This is where it starts. This is where you know they've been working hard this summer. And this is where you know that they can still have fun. And you know yeah. that they're going to be able to get some wins this year. Look, the defense has a lot of holes in it. Like, I, I'm not expecting a winning record this year. I, I'm not expecting more than... I, like, honestly, my ceiling, we've talked about this before. I think you're a little more optimistic than me, but I'll say... I am now. Yeah, Judge no, no, of at course. coach, I am now. But, but I'm saying, like, six wins based on the roster is the highest I could go. But I'm that's okay. Seven. 
Sure, I mean that's and six that's or seven are good yeah. from what we've had in past years. This I'm, is good. It might be more realistic to say four, like as a, as, as, a, as a as a. I think that's a realistic target. You know what I mean? Because we've been we've won like a total of ten games in our last three seasons combined. But, so, but you need to remember that in the NFC East, Redskins are still pretty trash. Yam, yeah, oh, Chase sorry, Young, Washington Football Team. It, excuse me, you're right. <laughs> the R words, the R words, the Washington Football Team. Right. We haven't done an episode since we changed names. Yeah. I'll delete it out. No, uh, no, keep it. No, we God, no. I'm going to get canceled. No, you can, I can still, get canceled. You can still say it. It's just not the correct name anymore. All right. So, the Washington football There team. you go. God, that's got to be a mouthful. <laughs> we got to call them Red Wolves or something. Soon. Yeah, exactly. We're on our show, they're the Red Wolves. I like that. <laughs> I like that better. All right, so, so the Red Wolves, the are, Red Wolves trash. are trash. The Eagles are, I don't think Wentz is, they're is legit. Prone. They're injury prone. Raiders already injured. I'm not confident at all in them. Um, and then you have the Cowboys who, yes, they're good, but yeah. what was the injury they just had recently? Didn't they have something? Um, uh, yes, they did. They definitely did. On where, actually? On their line? I don't defense. know. Defense? How about we fact check Dude, that? I was going to say... No, they definitely had an injury. I was going to say look out for Dak because he's trying you know, to get that big money extension. But maybe it's too much pressure for him. You know, like people perform usually in their contract year, but it's a little different in football. Yeah, uh, Xavier hold out. Woods. Xavier Woods got hurt. Uh, that's okay. Not huge, but that hurts their secondary a little bit. And in a league, in a in a division where no one has a good secondary, that kind of drops the Cowboys a bit to the rest of our levels. Uh, look, I think you might be right that the Giants could uh, do well in division. Um, but out of division, we're you know we're the third. I think I think we came in third in the division last year, which means we face all the other you know third place teams in the other divisions. That's how scheduling works. It took me nineteen years to figure out how the NFL scheduling works, and that's what it is. That's not good. I would have rather honestly come in last place last year behind uh, the Red Wolves, and just to have a little bit of an easier year this year. Uh, whatever the case, I think we're gonna face some tough teams. This team's going to be tested. We're young. We don't have Xavier McKinney right now, which stinks because he was the guy I was excited for to change up this defense. And another second-round steal, kind of like Landon Collins, and I was hoping he'd be better than Landon Collins was. But, you know, whatever the case, don't expect anything from the defense. On offense, though, with this young O-line that looks really good now, Andrew Thomas I'm pumped about, Daniel Jones... I, he's my guy this year. I've got him on the bench in one of my fantasy leagues. I, I, I think he's going to do I think he's going to turn up. I, I don't think... I saw a funny tweet. This was, I, I'm pretty sure, a joking tweet. But they were saying, uh, each of the past two years, we've had second-year quarterbacks go crazy. We had Pat Mahomes. We had Lamar Jackson. And then who's it going to be this year? Someone said Daniel Jones. I, I would love that. I don't think he's going to be the MVP, but uh, he could is, do it. This may be a hot take, but it's especially seeing how much bigger he is now and hearing He's stuff huge. about him at camp and yeah. seeing how Joe Judge is, is coaching up his players, I think, and Daniel's going to hate this, <laughs> that Daniel Jones becomes the player Josh Allen was supposed to be and then passes the accuracy. Him, and I, then passes I, I, I think that's certainly... Daniel Jones, to me, has a higher ceiling than Josh Allen. But, but that's what I'm saying is right now you look at the Bills and Josh Allen is their guy and... You can say good things about him. He's and still improving. He's just he's as improved still improving. But I think Daniel yeah. Jones becomes the player that Josh Allen was. He limits his fumbles more. He starts taking bigger hits because he is bigger now. Yeah. And he can surpass him because I think he's far more accurate. Look, he understands that his weakness, which was so clear, was his fumbles. You know what? In a full 16-game season, one, 
he was going to break the all-time rookie record for touchdowns in a season. He was on pace for that. He only played 12 games last year. But at the same time, he would have broken the all-time fumble record for any player in a season. So that's the thing. But here's the good thing. He understands that that was an issue, and reports have said that he's gotten bigger to prevent, you know, those hard hits and that he can take them a little better. But also he's been working on individual technique with coaches to fix that as well. Like, he understands the problem, and with all this work that's going in, yeah, maybe he does have, you know, just a natural weakness and he's going to fumble a bit. It'll still happen. But with all this work, you're going to expect and probably see results. So I, I do really like that. If he just becomes a more efficient player, again, I don't think he leads the Giants to a crazy season this year, but individually he's going to have a great year. That, that's what I, I see. I like that. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it there. And then we get to my final quote. This one, for some reason I didn't realize at first that the person who says this, it makes so much sense, but it makes so much sense. Okay. Here we go. I know whoever gets my little brudda, <laughs> B-R-U-D-D-A, you know, I gave a little, tried to pronounce it, uh, blank, is getting a dog and a great man. I'm happy you're free. You know you're valuable to this game. Don't ever doubt it. I'll refrain from saying what else I want to say. That's a tweet. This is also from today. So very recent. Think recent, NFL. I So I have basically the position I'm thinking of is running back. Sure. And I'm torn between Leonard Fournette and Alvin Kamara. Okay. Um, in regards to who was saying it, though. Well, I'd say the key phrase for that first question is, I'm happy you free. Okay, so then it's Fournette. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. And then, um, what's his name from the Jaguars that just left? Or wait, no. Yeah. From the Jaguars. Um, and Gakwe. It's a great guess. But it's not correct. Gardner Minshew. No, no, no. I don't see why it would be. No, Minshew. you're closer than Gakwe. Gakwe. Think players who left the Jaguars. But he wasn't there this offseason. Jalen Ramsey. There you go. Let's go. There you go. I mean, it took a while to get there, but. No, you got it. Let's and go. It, it, honestly, when I first saw it, I was just like, I was like, did Ramsey go to LSU? You know, like I didn't put it together because I forgot that Ramsey was on the Jaguars as well. He was the first piece that left the Jags, and we thought, well, actually, Blake Bortles, uh, the boat, left the Jags first, and that's what made this team crumble clearly. But actually, Ramsey was 10%. Yeah, Ramsey was traded away, and we all thought, what's going on? Like, this Jaguars team, sorry, we, we do have the window open. It's uh, a little baby, though. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> true. But we thought, you know, what's the issue here with the Jags? Why are they trading Jalen Ramsey away? Obviously, the Rams are buyers at the time, but why were the Jags selling? And since then, a year and a half later, they've lost, let's think, Ngakwe, Fournette, I think Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson, Bortles, they, I, I think, Ramsey. Uh, yes, and then I I want to say, oh, Telvin Smith didn't go anywhere, but he's taking a, a year off, taking whether, a gap whether year. for COVID or not. He's, he's going to go study abroad in the Canadian Football League. There you go, exactly. But regardless, the Jags... Probably not true, but... The Jags are falling apart, and uh, I, I do want to... We don't have to analyze this. I'd rather analyze where Fournette might go. But I read something. You're going to want to hear this. Obviously, tank for Trevor might be a thing, where Trevor Lawrence could go to the Jags. But I read today that Dabo Swinney could also go to the Jaguars I mean, next that's year. good for us at BC. Yeah. Get Dabo out of the ACC. Yeah. But I, I think that would be crazy, first of all. We've seen... You know, we saw a couple coaches get hired out of NCAA... Matt Rule, the big one with the Panthers this year. 
I don't know if they're going to make the adjustment. Oh, I just put two and two together that it was da- it would be Dabo and with they Trevor tanked Lawrence. with Trevor Lawrence. Exactly. Wow. They tanked for Trevor Lawrence and then hired him in 2021. After I don't or necessarily maybe like the move of developing a college quarterback into a pro quarterback through his college quarterback. But it's a very pro-style team. It's the most pro-style college, I think. Like, a lot of all their colleges run spread offenses and things that, you know, it looks a little different in the NFL. Okay. But I'd say Trevor Lawrence, like, Davo Swinney does have an NFL-style offense. So I think it would make sense. Um, regardless, I do want to uh, talk about quickly where... We think Leonard Fournette could end up because, to me, first of all, this felt out of the blue, but expected at the same time. You know, like all of a sudden, Ngakwe gets traded, and then it's like Fournette wants out. We see like people talking about where Fournette could be traded, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh nope, they just cut him. Like, and then he passes through waivers, which I thought was crazy too. And now he's got you know multiple teams talking to him. So, you know, where do you think it could go? I, I saw the Chiefs. But, like, they've been impressed by Edward Solaire to the point that they'd want Fournette as a backup, you know, which is crazy. Maybe a Brandon Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw kind of thing, you know, that the Giants had in their Super Bowls. But if you were to guess, if you were to almost put money down, where do you think Fournette would end up for this 2021 season? If anywhere. I think that, as of right now, the shoe and bet has to be the Bears. I think you have David Montgomery hurt right now. You need some help on that run game. You need some help on that offense. Fournette is still a baller. Um, I I think you put him in right for David Montgomery right I now. I do like that. Because Montgomery's not even... He can run like a power back, but he's not. You know, he's the middle of what Cohen is, Tariq Cohen, and what Fournette would be. So it's like, they all would have roles, and I don't hate that. Yeah. I think Fournette does fit. They would give almost a Jordan Howard vibe, you know, where Howard is now... He's left the Eagles now, and he's now a Dolphin, um, along with Matt Breida, which is kind of a cool little, like forgotten running back duo that could really work well together. But anyway. Also, I mean, I know the Eagles have Miles Sanders, but Fournette on that offense, I think is a much better fit than Miles Sanders. Or you combine the two. Again, I think it's like... But I think Sanders was injured too, so... The Eagles have Blunt, and then they had Jordan Howard, and and Jay as well, and then they put Fournette in that role. The thing is, does Fournette... One, does he want to play that role, or does he want to be the feature back? But two, is there any team that really needs Fournette to be a feature back? Because if you're getting cut by one of the worst teams in the league, I think, he, that can, sort I of think role, he can be the he feature has the back. Talent. And I love Leonard Fournette, but in this league, again, where, like the NBA, we were talking about Giannis's play style being a little bit more old school, Fournette's that slower power back that can't really make a, a, an impact in the passing game. What about game. the Redskins? I mean, they're starting Asian. Oh, Red Wolves. Ah, oh, Red Wolves. Yeah, yeah. What about football the Red teams. Wolves? <laughs> what about the Washington Red Wolf football team squad from well, they DC lost Darius, guys. DMV? The thing is with them, they have a, like just a giant like group of running backs, and they haven't really committed to one of them because they have Adrian Peterson. No more guys, obviously, but Bryce Love they drafted, Antonio Gibson they drafted, there's another guy in there, too. And they're just going to... Apparently, they're literally having everyone practice with the first team. They just don't know who they're starting yet, which is fine. I mean, running back by committee. They're a young team who obviously is, you know, just developing for the future. But for this year, I, I don't... I could not see Fournette leaving the Jags and then being like, I'm going to join the Red Wolves. Like, I don't really... I don't think that adds up to me. But regardless, um, we'll see where that goes. And 
I guess that's it for our NFL talk. Do you want to wrap up with our MLB now? Yeah, basic MLB chat. Uh, I just got the notification that the bench is cleared tonight in the Yanks Rays. Oh, interesting. Uh, are all this Chapman throws at Rays Mike Brousseau? Did I say that right? Uh, yes, that's Brousseau. Mike Brousseau's head, awesome. We love a little bench clearing. Exciting. Um, but I do have one baseball quote. It's going to be quick. Okay. We'll wrap up here uh, after the trade deadline. Okay. So this is from, I think, maybe yesterday or two days ago. It certainly doesn't ease the pain. I'm pretty hard on myself as it is. I'm wearing it. Oh. Oh, man. Well, so I was expecting, like, a question or or a quote about the trades that were made Mm -hmm. this weekend. There were a lot of them. But if we're talking about easing the pain... (laughs) My pain instantly goes to the Yankees because it's been painful. And why wouldn't it be? Yeah, exactly. So who do you think says this? Well, it's tough because easing the pain could could mean a number of things. One, the fact that we are the most injury-prone team, or or as my tweet said recently, that we're actually just have the worst training staff in the league. You know, regard that has to be it, right? I, I just think I just think that's what the issue is. We have every single player get hurt on the team. Anyway. Oh, it's tough. Um, I'm going to ask for a hint. Is it a player? Yes. Okay, so because Aaron Boone was a potential guest there, I'm going to have to go with someone who's actually been healthy and has just been more the pain of losing, and it's struggling starter Garrett Cole. And it is. Wow, all right. And, and all by struggling, I want to say... I, I don't, don't get rid of him, by I'm not. Yeah. Not at all. And this is something that I know both you and I don't do necessarily as Yankees fans, but... I think the Yankees fan base is really annoying on Twitter. How it has been so the bad. minute anyone starts playing badly, they want them gone. I mean, yeah. Gary Sanchez is an exception. I want that dude gone. <laughs> but <laughs> outside of that, you can't hate on Garrett Cole right now. Yes, it's a tough start, but we are not full power. It Morale is low right now, and that changed tonight. We had DJ LeMahieu hit. I believe he finished with two home runs. That was all so. I had seen. Uh, but he's balling tonight. We just needed one of our hitters back. Voight has been playing well. Sanchez had his moments, but it's still not up to par with what we need. I think we're fine. I, I think that not making any moves at the trade deadline was slightly disappointing because we can make some easy fix fixes here um, with some flexible guys to add in maybe. But um, I think in the long run, yes, it's a shortened season. Yes, Yankees fans should be a little afraid of how we are playing. But one thing I did do was take a look at the rest of the schedule. Um, you know, we have the rest of the series against the Rays, which if we can get some guys back, if LeMahieu can play well again, you know, maybe we can sneak in another couple ones. Yeah. We still have multiple series with the – maybe just one series, one more series with the Red Sox. Okay. Um, again, we – Not were, the Red Wolves. Not the Red Wolves. Right. Not the Red Wolves. The, the Washington Red Wolves – football team of the D.C. DMV area. Right. Um, beyond that, we play the Blue Jays again, who, you know, they're good. Yeah. But they, I think we're comparable when we're a little bit healthy, healthier. Right. Um, and then we, I know we finish out the year with, I think, the Orioles awesome. again. Yeah. And then the Marlins. So I, I feel okay going into this this last second half of the season. Um, I'm not too worried. I think we just need some of our guys back. And, you know, the Rays are the Rays right now. They're a, they're a yeah, fire team. They're crazy. Well, here's the thing. We only play Eastern Division teams. We play the NL East, the AL East. Crazy thing is, other than the Red Sox, who suck this year, yeah, that's a lot, it's a lot of buyers at the trade deadline. We have the Marlins. 
I think they sold their uh, second baseman, Jonathan VR, but they also brought in new talent as well. VR goes to the Blue Jays, who they also brought in Robbie Ray from the Diamondbacks. First of all, just quickly, COVID, you know, everyone was in their own bubbles on these different conferences, different divisions, but then you trade across the entire league. I think that might be a little flawed, but anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, the Blue Jays were buyers. The Orioles have just been hot. I don't think they bought. The Rays certainly were buyers at the deadline. And then the Red Sox suck. But the Yankees, here's the thing. In a division where two other teams are buying and they are on paper worse than you, I'd even say the Rays, you know, on paper against a healthy Yankees team, they're not as good. But right now, the Rays have stayed healthy. The Yankees have not. The Rays have played better than the Yankees in their head-to-head games. And that's why the Rays are like six games ahead of us right now. Regardless, you don't want to buy when you're down like that. I don't think in a shortened season where, you know, every game matters twice or three times as much, honestly, don't act irrationally, don't act too much, you know, overreact even in this situation where this is just a shortened season, you're only going to get like 30 games out of a guy if you're renting him, you know, and just letting him walk next season. Just wait for the 162-game season next year where you're going to prove that you are the better team on paper, and with that larger sample size, it's going to show up in the standings. But it's great that they didn't sell. And obviously, obviously, like you said, Yankees Twitter's crazy with Garrett Cole. He had two bad starts. No one expected the Yankees to trade their guy who they had signed for nine years. That's not what they're saying. But there are articles about Garrett Cole's contract being a mistake. It's not. He's so talented. He's always going to have a down start. Everyone's human. Yeah, these athletes are humans too. You know what I mean? It's just like, that is annoying. But to stay on topic, it's great that the Yankees didn't buy anyone. This isn't the season for them to go all in because the, the record isn't there. The Padres, on the other hand, all the, all the way in the West Coast, They've been so hot right now. It's great that they brought in a new starter and a couple other yeah, players. Yeah, no, I that's really, smart. The Padres, I think, were the big winners, in my yeah. opinion. But then for the Yankees as well, if they had traded away anyone, it, it wouldn't have made sense, especially with so many players on the IL, on the injured list. It makes sense that they wouldn't go there. Yeah, I think in general, standing pat and just not doing anything was the best move. And the Yankees will still make the playoffs. Eight teams make the playoffs from both the AL and the NL, it's crazy how big, you know, and how easy it is to make the playoffs now. We're usually only 10 teams get in, it's now 16. So we're going to see the Yankees in the postseason no matter what. And if the team's at full strength, they could still pull off a World Series win. They're no longer the favorite for sure. But at one point they were, and they're going to have that same team. So who's to say it won't happen? You know what I mean? I- I'm not betting on it, but that's why you don't add and you also don't take away. So I'm, I'm okay with what we did. Everybody's getting back soon enough, and we'll see what that team looks like. But, you know, I'm not disappointed. Yeah, I'm, it is what it is. <laughs> it is. And I think we'll end up being okay. Yeah. I really do. So shout out Pat Mahomes. Just proposed to his girlfriend after getting his Super Bowl ring. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll end on that. Good for him. Um, two rings in one day. Well, I guess he, well, he had, well, that's what it said, ring season. I didn't even say that. You know, that, that was the alert. Did he give her the ring as... Oh, well, that would be the sickest engagement ring ever, but also I I would never do that. No, no. I'm sure he had his own engagement ring, and it was all planned, and his girlfriend was probably like, why are you inviting me to that? Well, I guess everyone would be, I I don't even know, but anyway. Anyway, so we are officially back. We are back on Apple Podcasts as well. Definitely go and subscribe if you aren't already, and even if you are, go double check, uh, because we just fixed up the whole stream and everything, so subscribe. Leave five stars, drop a rating and a review, 
tell your friends, share, share, share when we tweet out. We really need the help, guys. Uh, and we really appreciate, excuse me, appreciate you all <laughs> tuning in to the official podcast of the Washington Red Wolves football uh, team that, yeah. of DC slash DMV exactly, area. Exactly. Yeah, so guys, thank you so much for your support as always. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're so glad to be back, not only here at BC, where we're apparently calling the Pitts the BC Pitt football game yes. on October 10th, October so look 10th. out for that. But no, just to be back and talking to you guys about live sports, because we have so much of it going right now. Utah pulling within seven as of the end of this podcast, so honestly, at this rate, they might win this game by the time this yeah. is up, so we'll, we'll see. But guys, thank you so much for listening. Maybe they'll win by the time I finish saying Washington Red Wolves football team <laughs> oh, of no. D.C. slash DMV area. We're going to have to write that out and make sure. You know, maybe that's a t-shirt. I, I don't really know. I would it. love it. I'd wear it. <laughs> oh, all right. So, guys, thank you so much. Um, probably once a week, yep. you know, um, we could try for two, especially in, you know, this time where there is a lot going on, yeah. we, we could. It's probably going to stick with our normal schedule. Certainly. So. I think Tuesday night recordings, this should be up tomorrow, which will be a Wednesday. And you guys will get to listen to some new content and more on the way. So thanks so much, and we will talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Love you. Touching